we're pumped for this, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, how long have we been going now? It's, it's over five years. Yeah. And yeah, look, we've got some, you know, we've, we've got some big opinions and we'd like to share them, but we also wanted to um, know what was kind of important to you guys too. So thanks for all the questions. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours, our first QA episode. A little bonus for you. Thanks to everyone who emailed at neighbourspod at gmail.com or posted in our Facebook group or on Twitter. Uh, we're going to mine through some of the little nuggets we found. I'm Vaya. I have Kate and CJ here as well. Hey, everyone. Hi, everybody. Let's get stuck in. First up, we had a similar theme of question that came through from Matthew, Rachel, Kalia, Tom and Nick Nat Ninja. First one being, which neighbour's resident? old slash new is your spirit character and which actor would you like to be you in your life story? Yes, I read that as someone who's your kindred. And I think to me, I think at the time I probably connected with Imogen Willis because like the loudmouth nerd burger at school that didn't fit in, like wasn't cool. Everyone always fell for her hot best friend and that's and is Tarage's daughter <laughs> I think that she's yeah I think realistically that's who it would be CJ I would I mean it's really hard for me to pick because Sky Mangle way back when was definitely my kindred um, but now definitely not so as a younger person but I feel that as a person I am most like whoever Magdeth played, played. Oh, um, Jemima. Jemima. That's who I am. <laughs> if anyone ever wanted to spend time with CJ, that's what you'd get. That's gorgeous. <laughs> if I had a lot of money, sorry. If I had a lot of yeah. And, you, and yeah. you'll find her on the number 82 as well. But also, CJ, you like to live that lifestyle. You've got like an aspirational, like you love it when, like say there's a stimulus package you'll, and you can go buy up big or whatever. And, like, I will tell every single small business owner that I only shop at small businesses now, <laughs> which is what she would do. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I super struggled with this because I was like, I don't think there's any women that I've actually ever identified with. And I'd love it if you guys had a character that you think is me because I'll, I'll go, okay. Um, and I was, I was going to say Vanessa Volante, but then I realised she ended up, like, becoming a loser in the end and marrying, like, Lusicus and... <laughs> I mean, sure, she's a great mum, but, you know, like she could have been married to Dr. Reese, who was hot as F. Um, But now I'm like, oh, I don't know. I I really couldn't tell you. But she's raising her three kids. You're raising your two kids. She lives in Dalesford. Dalesford is a beautiful place. Yeah. That would be really nice. But then I'd be married to that Lusicus. Um, my my husband's with, no Lusicus. You don't have to agree with all their life decisions. Like, I'm not representing Finn in, in the criminal trial. What, you're not married to NCZ? Exactly, not at all. Oh, okay. So all right. You can pick and choose. I liked – look, she was a spicy character. She um, 
actually, I don't even know if I'm spicy. Maybe I'm more bland. But anyway, I liked Vanessa. I liked her for a while until she got blandified. I'll take her before the blandification. She was spicy, but she made vanilla cupcakes, you know, so it balanced out. True, true. Actor that would play you in your life story. I'm going to pick 10 years from now, which might be a little bit considerate to my age, but anyway. Um, Cheryl Stark. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, which one? Use... C- Caroline Gilmer or the Colette Mann version of Cheryl Stark? Uh, Caroline. And can't you just imagine her with a long pink mane? Yeah. Yep. She was feisty too. She was, yeah. Sorry, and I'm go. pretty sure her death exposed Kyle Kennedy not doing the right thing as well. <laughs> Wasn't it something like he was prescribing her something and she was doctor shopping or something? It was something like that. Oh, but remember what ha- also occurred after her death? Um, it turned out that her child was not Lou's. Mm. Yeah, she could play me. Some hidden <laughs> secrets. <laughs> I've, you know who I'd choose to be the actor to play me? Oh, it's it's the, the chameleon of Ramsey Street, Madeline West. Oh, yeah. Oh wow, that's. I mean, okay, you've gone, you've gone conceptual. You haven't gone for a lookalike. Oh, excuse me, she has brown hair in playing for keeps. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I yeah. And honestly, her boobs are not my boobs, <laughs> but her body's not quite mine either. But but still, I love her. She's got a touch of the bogues, which I've got my touch of the bogues. Um, yeah, no, I like her a lot. Yeah, she can do a good cut down. Can I do a good cut down? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm terrified of you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've narrowed it to the European aesthetic because I had to. I don't want to uh, whitewash myself. But um, I'm having trouble choosing. I have to audition them. Katrina Milosevic and Rebecca Omologlu because um, play, uh, Katrina played, yeah, Kelly Katsis. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously Queen Beck, um, our Grecian hero. Um, so, yeah, they'd probably have to both read for the role. I'm sorry. Cat um, might have the edge. She's done her gritty Wentworth drama. But Tarage can do good comedy. They can both do good comedy. See, this is tricky. I still can't get over the time that I thought when I was watching the first episode of Wentworth <laughs> and I tweeted that, oh, my God, they've called the woman with the big boobs boobs and and she actually replied to me saying no they're saying booms i'm like oh my god i'm dying inside i think i'm gonna have to go with her because i've actually met her in person at that logie's red carpet and she had a good sense of humor and i think that's important for the role of vaya pashos's life story Hi girls, it's Spicy Ben here. Um, congratulations, Vera, on the impending birth of the new Nabob. How very exciting. Um, my question is um, for you, Vera, and actually the other two can answer because they've been in similar situations before. So, um, okay, the scenario is, right, you're in Harold's Cafe, you are collecting like your last minute, like posh, fancy brew that Dippy whips up, Um Obviously not full salute um, because you are getting the hell out of town because you do not want to give birth at Erinsborough Hospital. Anyway, whilst you're there, nattering with Dippy, swapping your dosh and all of a sudden 
the crook of the week comes bursting in with a gun and at that same moment you go into labour. One character can stash you away into the kitchen and will be your doula. And this can be anybody. Anybody from current, present, alive, dead. It can be Lauren Turner popping back for one of Dippy's deconstructed tacos. It could be Ruth Wilkinson popping back for Renata with Susan. Anyone you like. But you can choose who can be your neighbour's doula. Who would it be and why? Look, I think after her performance doing a remote tracheotomy with a pen on Lou that during the either it was a tornado or the fire or something, I have to have Susan because if she can follow those instructions over the phone, then she can deliver my kid. She's also birthed three kids herself, so she, she knows where that baby's coming out of. She knows her way around the area. And didn't she – someone went into labour when the school burnt down, didn't they? Ooh. And she, like, talked them through it? Yeah. Oh, it was um, – what's her name with the kid with the – they moved to Queensland and she had, oh, like, Bland- a disorder. Blanda. Blanda. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the baby with the guts on the outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see? Special needs kids she's birthing. Yeah. Cranky. You girls. Me, um, it would be – Dr. Beverly Marshall. <laughs> Stuff having a doula. I want a bloody doctor. And there's enough good doctors have been through that show and a few half-assed ones. They just don't stay around with them. But the reason why I choose Dr. Beverly Marshall is because she helped deliver Daphne's son, Jamie, after she went into labour while on a fishing trip with Des. Jamie was literally born on a riverbank. I am going to go with Paige because she birthed a five-month-old child. <laughs> in a shed or a a manger and I feel like she's you know she's going to be able to take me through with some stories. Lisa asks who are our FMKs and she's given us each a different group. So Vaya would you like to go first? We of course FMK fuck marry kill. So you've got Ned, Chloe and Pierce. F is Ned. Because I just don't see a long-term future with the with the man, um, <laughs> particularly this week, um, where he's having his crisis of career competence. F Ned, I considered very strongly marrying Pierce, but then I remembered I'm not that superficial. Like I live in a house with two freelance writers, so if I was ever going to have a, a free ride, I don't think I would take it. And I just think that it would be a fun, a more fun life with Chloe, and she wouldn't, ha- she wouldn't have a long life, so I could still have some freedom to browse later on. So that's my choice: F Ned, M Chloe, K Pierce. Okay, so CJ, your choices are Paul Pierce and Detmec. Now this is a really difficult one for me because I am that superficial. Elise so, done so well in choosing these, by the way. Oh. I, I, I read those names first and I confused mine for yours and I was like, oh, well, that's easy. Kill Detmec. <laughs> I wouldn't no. even blink. <laughs> oh, I know. It, like, it, is, it is very hard. So I'm gonna, I, I find it easier to knock off kill. So I'm going to have to kill Pierce. It, it would be preferential if I was married to him first because then I'd get his money, but I have to do only one. So um, I'm going to kill Pierce. I'm going to fuck Deckmack because why wouldn't you? Oh, I could give you some reasons. <laughs> and then I'm going to marry Paul. And so Paul and I, because I did marry Paul, 
um, are going to have our highs and our lows, and that's exciting for me. <laughs> You'd be what, lucky number seven, number eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I would get, I wouldn't get as much money as marrying peers. But it's not like I'd be going without. And we'd have some lows. We'd get down to, you know, um, we'd, we'd get down to earth when Paul lost all his money because he'd lose mine too, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, all right, so Kate. Okay, so my list is Pierce, Puffy and Paul. That sounds like a band. <laughs> back streets, some... back, all right. Elisa's got some hidden agenda with Pierce that she's trying to resolve here too. Oh, and I've, I've fallen for it because I've looked at that list and I thought, well, who do I want to fuck with that list? <laughs> <laughs> that was my – and I was like, well, you know, I don't want to marry Puffy because he's a loser. But, I, yeah, I'd give him a red-hot go. So <laughs> that he's going to be my, my F is Puffy. Um, and then I thought, well, one I've got to marry and one I've got to kill. And I was like, well – I don't really ever want to have sex with Paul, so maybe I'll just kill him and I'll marry Pierce. Yeah, some, someone's got to benefit from those billions. It's going to be me. Yeah, you can fund <laughs> the podcast forever from that. Yeah. Oh, no, we're gonna get a new. We're going to get a new studio on an island. <laughs> on Bum Island. <laughs> Bum Pod Island. <laughs> Why not? I mean, this podcast was about bums for a good two weeks. so Still yeah. is, still yeah. is, and it will still be for many more weeks. And will be again, yes. <laughs> Now, Elise also has another question for you, CJ. She would like a fitness tip from you. So, like, in all seriousness, my fitness tip would be um, to find the key to your your motives. So, for mine, it was, um, you know, my honour and, and not being embarrassed. So, my key was joining a place where I had to publicly proclaim that I was a member and was going to the gym all the time and felt like I was letting people down not myself if I didn't go because that was the key whereas if I was just to focus on myself I just never did it um but I believe Elise would also like a non-serious tip which is a neighbor's exercise game oh Um, yes yes so um Paul threatens someone, do five push-ups. Roxy takes her top off, so do five burpees. Both are great. (laughs) Um, Both are great alternatives. I would think – I think Ned Ned does something particularly stupid. God, what could you do then? Well, you know what? You could make it something that goes across the generations. Uh, Willis does something ridiculous and you need to run around the block because Aaron's there and he's telling you to do it. Or um, if you keep it to your living room, so it's like, you know, 10 burpees or five push-ups or whatever it is. Yeah, but whatever. When a Willis does something ridiculous or, yeah, I'm, well, I'm caught because it could be, because you could, you could do long gain with it. Every time a woman gets pregnant after her first time of having sex, do a marathon. That'll happen three times a year. You'll have to train. How about every time um, Susan's a misogynist, you have to, um, I don't know, what's something gruelling? Nobody eats enough calories to make that viable option. (laughs) Um, Villain of the week would be, yeah. Oh, ceramic pig. Bicep curls. How about when there's a ceramic pig that you just actually just have to, like, keep moving the whole time the ceramic pig storyline's on? 
Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, you get do ten thousand steps in front of the television every time. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a ceramic pig. Ceramic pig should be something fun, something that you enjoy doing. Like, um, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've done fitness workouts. Like boxing. Yeah, boxing's a good one. Yeah. Every time a man yells at Roxy, do boxing. <laughs> um, this is good. We should patent this. We should. Yeah. Like what? What's it? Chuck Norris? This is <laughs> this is <laughs> <Nay> bods. <laughs> um, Hang on, did was it? Oh no, I'm getting confused with my my bachelors. Was was a bachelor Tim who had the fitness program, or was the guy after him? I think they all do one. Um, yeah, it's called the Tim Robards method. <laughs> is it seriously? Was it him? Yeah, because yeah, he plugged so... it on sunrise. He didn't oh, plug good God. He plugged yeah. his method. It's it's sort of. Um, Oh, look, I never did calisthenics, Faye, but I think it's a bit like that. I think it's a bit gym- gymnastic see his program. Yeah, it's – it's uh, oh, right. I think okay. there's like um, you're hanging off something and you're – like it's a precision exercise. It's not like a running or something. Melanie asks, do you like the long con storylines, such as the Finn one, which has been bubbling for three years, or one where something happens and is promptly forgotten in two weeks? I think – Look, I think they both have their place on Neighbours and I think it's really hard to have um, some of those difficult storylines. And I'm not talking the really difficult ones, um, you know, like Sonia's death and that, um, those, like those two-hander episodes, but those really long storylines, they need to be complemented by the everyone forgets them, I think. True. But I must say I have been so impressed with Neighbours ability to have these long storylines with Finn, with Andrea D. Um, the the D storyline for me has just been so good and the way they just kind of dropped hints in all along the way. Like from, from the first time we saw D sitting on that park bench mm. and then like how long did it take? Was it three years for that? That was that went on forever. I do remember, though, we did get very, very over it. Like, there are a lot of podcast episodes where we're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't take this anymore. I think it had peaks and troughs. As um, Liz mentioned when she was on, that, you know what, some of it was worth it to get those two scenes, those scenes with Madeline West playing the two characters together. Yeah. So, it, in hindsight, 2020, <laughs> um, it feels like it was all worth it. Yeah, that cliff-top episode was amazing. Yeah. Even, even now in prison, I just love the scenes where she's playing against herself. That's right. That happens all the time now. <laughs> it's not special <laughs> anymore. I love a long game when they pull it off really well, when they've backseated everything really effectively. I think the ham roast storyline was a good example of that, mm. even mm. though I didn't like how Piper ended up rooting her boyfriend's brother. Um I... How about that iconic scene of Ham Roast in the spa, though? Yeah. Like, but the fact that they went back and planted Cassius at the murder mystery, whatever, uh, the Guy Fawkes party, and I thought that was really cleverly done. How about when I when I Kate Stradamus his terrible gardening skills? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so when there are little hints like that planted, and I think similarly back when you Kate Stradamus before we podcasted. With Tash, um, oh, yes, Tash's father's romance. 
with his sister-in-law. I remember that was this is what brought Vera and I together. Yeah. When I tweeted, oh, I bet he was off rooting her while dead mum drowned. And not only that, but you picked where they were rooting, in the Sandman. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Plenty of room. <laughs> um, yeah, when there's a slow when there's a slow boil and they plant enough hints and then it pays off and then it's resolved, I love it. But sometimes I'm just like, ugh, we're just flogging a dead horse. Um, I get a bit like that with Dean Andrea. I think... Yeah, if if some of those had been eliminated, I would have had more time for the re-emergence of Andrea and Dee. Um, just just as a sidebar, I've realised I've been having ISO Macca's car picnics in that same car park where the Sandman was a rockin' down at Bells Beach. What? I mean, I think it's probably better now. Like, it's all paved and properly landscaped <laughs> now, but I've been eating Macca's takeaway in the car with my kids there. <laughs> The fun that one can have in, in a Macca's car park. No, no, not Macca's. It's the Bells Beach car park. Oh, right, right, right. Because obviously I can't suspend disbelief, so I hate when characters forget about something two weeks later. The whole foundation of this podcast is I'm like, but how could he be, go for that job? Two years ago he was this job. And, you know, I it's the bane of my existence. How do they, how do they move out of their houses with two hours' notice? Uh, for me, it would be much more glorious if... For six months, Kersha was like, I just really want to work with horses. And then finally she's like, my brother's school's got horses, you know. like. Gratefully, I seem to forget the storylines two weeks. <laughs> two. Oh, so yeah. It as, doesn't, you know. As we get older, that is happening more frequently. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's that villain back. I can't remember anything about him, but he was a villain maybe six weeks ago. <laughs> You like, have a lot more time for their legacy character um, long games. Like, for example, the wedding episodes bringing back certain threads. I think I've got more respect for when they try to integrate existing storylines and characters and, um, yeah, paint-by-numbers villain. I must admit, like, with D Andrea episodes at the moment, I... Like, it now seems really realistic, like, because they're not playing a game with us anymore. Like, we know that Andrea's going to do something ridiculous and, you know, Kate's already put in her tip there. But um, it's, of course, she's going to come back and marry Toadie or something's going to happen and, and with Toadie. And, of course, she's going to come back and bond with her twin. Like, if she never had an interest in finding out more about her twin sister, that would be crazy. Yeah, even, even if your twin's crazy, just, like... I would want to find out if my friend had a, a twin that had been separated at birth, I'd want to find out about them because I'd be like, this is amazing. This is a story you read about in That's Life magazine. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a twist of fate, isn't it? It's a flip of a coin as to who got to lead the, what was it, the bliss life and the crap life. Rebecca asked us, how did you get involved in watching Neighbours? I started watching when I was literally too young to remember. I I. Apparently, I started watching the first season of Neighbours on Channel 7, and I literally do not remember it at all. I do remember we moved house in 1986, and I distinctly recall watching it in my what is now my parents' um, family room there. Um, my brother and sister, I'm the youngest, and my sister's 10 years older than me, and my brother's um, eight years older than me, and 
I don't know. I think that was around the time they started getting into watching it because it was more of, you know, like a cool teen thing to do then as well. And yeah, I don't know. It's just just become something we do. <laughs> well, it's it's the lifestyle thing. So I, as a lot of people know, I started with Home and Away as a kid. And then I think it, it comes into, it ties in with my after school schedule. So when I transitioned, it would have been definitely my transition from primary school to high school. So from age 12-ish onwards is that I would come home from school. And by then you're a bit more independent. Like I'd be getting the bus home by myself and you come home and, you, you know, by then Bold and the Beautiful's on. So I'd chuck that on. And by five o'clock, maybe I'd do a bit of homework or, you know, have a snack, watch, you know, dick around. And then, as we've mentioned before, the the big stretch was 6 p.m. Simpsons, 6.30 Neighbours. So when you're kind of waiting for dinner to to be ready, you know, just – I think I, had a, I definitely had a TV in my room. So I would have just had that on. And there weren't many kids' shows. Well, actually, no, that's what I would do. I would watch the kids' shows on the ABC, as in Degrassi – Ready or Not, a Canadian show I loved was on around then. Um, whatever was on the ABC and then I'd flick over to six because I knew six o'clock had The Simpsons, their neighbours, and then dinner would be ready probably by about seven. So, yeah, it was just your natural lifestyle would roll into it and then after a while you just were like, well, I need to know what happens so I have to watch it every night. <laughs> and then you'd go to uni and you'd forget about it and you'd come back and you're like, oh, these guys are still here, Cool. That's what happened to me too. I stopped watching it when I was about, yeah, when I started going to uni and I had less regular kind of, you know, hours and, you know, more time to go out to nightclubs and hang out with my boyfriend. <laughs> but back in back in the early era, it was actually on at 7pm for years. And, yeah, I'd watch that and then my brother and sister, whose rooms were off um, the family room, because mum and dad would be in the lounge room watching the ABC News at 7pm. Um, I'd have to sit there with headphones on so I didn't interrupt their like VCE studies. Um, so I just looked it up because I don't really remember when I started watching in regard to like how old I was or what was going on in my life. But the first storyline I got really into was um, Brad Willis and Beth and the, the affair that they had. Wow. So I just looked up that sh- that Natalie Ambrulia came to the show in 1992. So I was in grade five and I was 10. Um, and I think I I had, all, as a younger person, I was one of those girls that thought they were really experienced at life from a really <laughs> young age. Um, so I imagine that Neighbours was part of that. I was probably watching this and being like, well, I know all about sex because Beth and... <laughs> Brad had sex um and then um I I also at least started with Home and Away or watched both of them simultaneously for a really long time um and then as Kate said I you know I dipped in and out later on um and then you know haven't I remember when Vaya said I want to do a podcast I want to you know have you heard of podcasts I had just watched I had just been watching Neighbours again for like six months after dipping out I would have been tweeting about it so you would have seen me on the internet talking about it and at parties we would have been like let's talk about this stupid story exactly because we were still trying to find someone in real life to talk to (laughs) about it I was also in grade five in 1992 and 
it definitely makes sense. Like by about grade six is when I had my own key and I could come home. I could just walk home by my, like with my friend and I wouldn't have to go to care. And so it was definitely that kind of independent TV schedule that dictated it. Yeah. And I feel, um, you mentioned about the, the schedule, like mine was solid, like bold and the beautiful Degrassi, (laughs) you know, I think Degrassi was on at six. I don't think I watched the Simpsons all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. the depression wasn't always on. It was like the seasons would match up or not. God, I remember coming home from school in 94 because I moved to a, a different high school in the city and I'd get home later. I'd probably get home around 5 o'clock, 4.35. So I, I missed all those kind of like immediately after school programs. But I just remember my brother who was in uni by that stage and I would just sit down and watch Hogan's Heroes. So that became <laughs> our, after, our collective after school TV experience then. Yeah, I did a bit of Brady Bunch when that was on at 6.00. Oh, that was good. Yeah. No, I love that reinvention. <laughs> it wasn't good, it was, but it, it was, was terrible. <laughs> I did my first all-nighter television show binging that. Oh, no, wow. CJ. That's... Yeah. I mean, it's, it is sad. <laughs> it's comforting. <laughs> hey, look, it's, it didn't give you a – well, look, I guess it gives you some catchphrases, but it's not the, I know nothing, nothing. Um, pork chops and apple shash. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> So Keely asks, who is your dream Neighbours theme tune performer? Which I guess opens it up. If it's a dream, it could it doesn't have to be an Australian person singing. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You get Gaga. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mariah. We've been oh. using her um, hero song a bit. Vaya, can you please conjure up some Mariah singing Neighbours now because I can't? Oh, I'd have to. I'd have to call in friend of the pod, Adam Richard. He would oh, crank that out in a heartbeat. Uh, this is the fabulous Adam Richard. How are you? How is everyone at Neighbours? Um, I'm very excited to uh, be presenting my version of Mariah Carey singing the Neighbours theme. Um, although I feel like what you want me to do is be Crazy Mariah too many runs. And that's more of a Christina Aguilera thing. So I'll do Mariah and then I'll do Christina, all right? So first up, we'll go Mariah. Neighbours. Everybody needs good neighbours. Neighbours should be there for one another. Good neighbours, be good friends. Uh, so that's Mariah. Um, by the way, I'm singing this along to the Bonnie Anderson one. <laughs> now I'll do Christina. Everybody needs good Should be there for one another. Become good for You know what you need is Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey would be good. Numbers. Everybody needs good neighbours. Neighbours should be there for one another. 
That's when good neighbors become good friends. She holds them for a while. Um, <laughs> uh, what about Cher? Do you want Cher? Neighbors. Now that's Shirley Bassey. <laughs> neighbors. Everybody needs good neighbors. Neighbors. She'll be there for one another. There's one good neighbor. Welcome. Good for real. What about <laughs> Dolly Parton? Neighbors, 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 neighbors. Everybody needs good neighbors. No, that's ridiculous. That's that's too. Oh, Julie Andrews. You need Julie Andrews. Neighbors. Everybody needs good neighbors. Just a little understanding helps you find the perfect blend. Okay, that's enough. The next question we have is from Andy. Do you see much from your neighbours? Have you been to their houses? Do you often see them at your local cafe, pub or hotel? And Kate adds, but never at the supermarket. I can add to that. Um, I spoke to one of my neighbours today when she asked me whether her little old dog has been barking too much. And I said, no, it's not bothering me. But my neighbours on the other side, um, I see them more frequently and I've visited their photography gallery, which is pretty awesome. Now Baby Madge is going to kinder. I'm getting to know more and more people in my, um, like who live within a couple of blocks of me, which is really nice. And like when we go on walks now, I'll often be saying to hi to kinder parents, which is really good. In the street I grew up in, though, it was like Ramsey Street. There was only 20 houses in it, and I pretty much knew everybody by name. So that was really nice. So I didn't know my neighbours from a bar of soap till the pandemic hit, and it just brought out all of the sentimentality in me and KB, and we now are mates with a few of them. Well, we we saw a sign on our cross the road neighbor's letterbox that said we're going on a bear hunt because I don't know if it's caught on all over the world, but in Australia there's a lot of houses that are putting teddy bears up in the windows so when kids go for their exercise walks they've got something fun to look at. And so um, the little girls across the road were going on bear hunts and KB was like, oh, there's probably kids that live there, we should write to them because they're probably bored. So we started writing them little letters with little drawings and saying who we were and saying what our pets' names were and stuff. And then they started writing back and it's like a four-year-old and an eight-year-old and it was over Easter and then we started giving each other like Easter eggs. They dropped off some nappies because they we told them I was having a baby and it's just been so lovely. And now we've met in person, like in the driveway, waving at each other. And um, the other day, the four-year-old came running up to me and put her arms around my belly. And that was like the first human, non-partner human contact I've had in ages. And her mum was like, sorry, she loves pregnant bellies. But this little four-year-old just had her arms wrapped around me. It was so sweet. Like, you know, if you ever need anything, if you need us to go to the shops or with the baby. So now we have this like community that we didn't even 
didn't know existed. And also there's the lady a few blocks away, there's a um, Portuguese lady that has bunnies and guinea pigs in her front yard that we always visit. Then I, and I let her drop to her as well and said, is it okay if I bring some veggie scraps around to feed the bunnies? And eventually she doesn't speak English. So one of her family members had to like ring me up and say, yeah, that's fine. And like told me the whole story of the bunnies. And so now we go and feed the bunnies. We're going to be uh, taking your child to go and feed those bunnies. Every day before the yep. ascension. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I grew up in, um, a few places, but my teen years were in a street like Kate said in the same suburb that Kate's talking about, um, that was very neighborsy. So there was about four people that were about the same age. Um, well, those four girls that were about the same age and, um, a few of them had brothers. So there was other kids around different ages and stuff as well. Um, and we all would go and ch- go to each other's houses and walk through each other's backyards and go into the houses without knocking. Um, and so very neighbours-y. Um, and I even worked at the shop around the corner, which would have been like the Lou's shop um, <laughs> for a while. And um, and my graffiti is still like at the back of that shop, <laughs> which is, by the way, done with a whiteout pen. Yeah. <laughs> and it has lasted 25 years. Um, Good Lord. Yeah, I know. Um, and but then I have moved into my what was my grandparents' house, and so all of the neighbours have known me since I was born, basically. Um, and but we haven't been that close. Come pandemic life, now we are just all into each other. So <laughs> I know people's names that I've never known <laughs> before, and you know um, we're all saying hello to each other, and we're all waving when we go for a walk because we're all walking. We live in a very drivey suburb, so no one used to do that. There's a lot of hills in your suburb too. Oh, it must be hard. Yes, it, uh, yeah, every day on a walk. I'm like, why do I live in a place with hills? Um, but, yeah, I so I think that the answer to all of our questions probably would have been a little bit different a few weeks, a few months ago. Yeah. But now, um, but I must say that I once ran into just – touching on Andy's question I once ran into my neighbor my mum's neighbor who I had worked with um, at two different workplaces um, you know being friendly with all of that and when when I actually ran into her at the fish and ship shop one day it was so weird it's like seeing a teacher (laughs) at a school it really was it was like that and I was like this is so strange so while I have talked to them a lot it I never saw them, and if I did, I found it very strange. <laughs> oh, that, that just reminded me, CJ, we used to go to the footy with our neighbours, into the MCC na- members, because, like, a few different families had the membership, and we'd go, all go in there and there'd be about 20 of us sitting together just having a fun time watching the Bombers. Never forget that I saw Gaz Can at, the, at my local Woolies. Oh, yeah. Marley asks, where do babies come from? And I, I can only tell you what my daughter told me this week, which wasn't where they come from, but how they're born. Um, first, we take special gloves and then we put our hands in your mouth and we find the baby with our hands and then we pull it out and say, Boop! yeah, it's a boy. That is so, very different to the birth skills book I'm reading at the moment, but I think I like this version. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just open wide. Faye. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> Hop in the dentist chair. Um, okay, no, but seriously, Marley um, asks, if you girls could have dinner with someone from history, who would you have dinner with and why? Should we make it more neighbours related? 
No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you can. have a neighbour's answer. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've already been to Colette Man's house. <laughs> you have. You've sat at her table. I know. I've got to live that dream already, haven't I? Yeah, so it's, you can go in fresh with this. Why does the thought always turn to Hitler? What? Well, like when it's like if you could go back in time and kill someone. Oh, yeah, maybe Hitler. Yeah, if you could have dinner with someone. Yeah, I could probably kill him then as well. I don't know. Also, put a roofie in his food. But very interesting to find out more about. I always am really selfish with these sorts of things. I get a bit tired thinking of the whole of history, so I just always go with Julie Andrews because she's my like Sound of Music is my favorite movie, and I love her, and I just want to be near her. <laughs> so, Achievable too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, she's still alive. I've I've seen her do a live um, show, and you know, so she's a podcaster now. She's doing like a story podcast with her daughter. Maybe she, she's English. She might like Neighbours. I've always wondered if one of those British celebrities found our podcast like Adele or someone or Kate Middleton <laughs> I am going to go with Courtney Love because that is going to be the answer to that question for me for the rest of time <laughs> also um, achievable as well well when I was 18 I had like three goals and one of them was to get a tattoo and one of them was to kiss Courtney Love Ooh. and um the other one was to go to university so I achieved two of them, sadly, and <laughs> not, not one of <laughs> um, So, yes, and I was very prepared when I went to two of her concerts. One was an intimate show at the Metro. Remember that place, guys? Um, and that, that, was, I, that was a nightclub I was at when I wasn't watching Neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> On a Thursday night? Oh. Goo for shiz. Yeah, yeah for shiz. Um, so it was a Thursday night. Actually, Courtney performed, well, the whole performed, and I was very prepared for that to happen. But, and I mean, crossover a little bit with Britney Spears, but Crazy Britney, when she didn't, when she shaved her head. Oh, yeah, she's never far from Crazy Britney. You are very right. But I remember saying to um, my husband when we went to America for the first time, so I've got an itinerary, darling. I've written it down, everything we're going to do. But if we run into Britney Spears, everything's off and we're following her. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's a goal for life. <laughs> I wish you would do a mummy blog or something. Oh, imagine that. Imagine Brittany, seeing what Brittany or Courtney. Brittany. Uh, I think she's, from what I've read, she's very locked down in what she can do with her life. Oh, yeah, it is kind of quite sad. But also, like, you just got to think, like, when people go off the rails a bit, you think, oh, I think Britney Spears' dad needs to come by and lock everything down. Yeah, they really give us some, some boundaries. Yeah, but... um. But I would love to see what's in her hospital bag. Um, I probably wouldn't have dinner with Hitler. I'd probably have it with my nana. who oh. She died 11 years ago, but she'd had a stroke 10 years before that. So she kind of stopped being someone you could have a proper conversation with when I was 18. So that would be really lovely if I could see her again and That's have a good beautiful. chat and show her pictures of my kids. That would be really sweet. Yeah, that would be really lovely. So, yeah. We were able to bring back one character for a guest in or for full-time being on Neighbours. Who would it be and why? And that was from Rachel. We've been given so many recently. It's hard to, yeah. Because normally I would just say bring back Madeline West. (laughs) But she is back and she's doing a good job. I've got a no-brainer for this. Billy Kennedy and in a pinch, 
Anne Wilkinson. If we can't get Billy, we can get Satchwell. She's around. Brisbane, I mean, I know we're not flying these days, but like people can go back and forth all the time. It's just, it's it's really strange that we've just cut out a lot of those Kennedy kids from the two most prominent parental figures on the street. Yeah, but I think it speaks volumes about what they're actually like as parents. But I think we need to explore that. Wouldn't it be great if Billy came back and he's like, Dad, I've fallen out with you, and the way Puffy came back and sort of said he'd fallen out with Toad, you know? Yeah, I would like that. Bring the kids. Take the kids for a while. Uh, Libby style. Yeah, just leave him there. He can. He, this child can be here until he moves to America to start the television yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I hey. I was thinking Callum because I liked I liked it when he did come back um, as kind of the young you know young Toad type figure. Yeah. But then I thought, nah, there's someone I'd like back more, and that person is Janelle Timmons. Oh, really? Yeah. I, lo- I love the whole Timmons family and she could create her own new merry band of bogans together around her. Yeah, she was pretty fun. All of those stories were pretty fun. And she, um, was, um, she, had, she was good mates with Suze. They could get up just some shenanigans. I reckon she could be besties with Sheila. Yeah. Probably she now, re- yeah. She could reunite them, the friendship group. Yeah, and she wouldn't be too. She wouldn't be above going to visit Ali for no reason in the prison. Um, I'm gonna go. I would have said Sky, but since she came back an uppity police officer, so no. Um, I'm gonna go with Natalie Ambrulia, Ned's mum. Perfection. She's got I some would, explaining to do. She does, and I would like to see her. But I really liked her. As I loved Beth, and I liked Natalie and Brilia. And um, I would just like her to come in and like be like, Ned, no, you're not going to be an artist. Go and pick up those people's bags and take them into the hotel and just sh- just get him right. She and Tarage would have some shit to work out too. That would be good. Charlotte has come up with a question that I knew the answer to immediately and that was what is the best life lesson you have learnt from neighbours in all its wisdom oh wow and you're already ready to go Kate yeah Mm. it's only one lesson you need to learn from neighbours and that is never ever get in an old car (laughs) you are gonna die well never ever hire Toadfish Rebecca as your legal representation yeah yeah also do some retcon on your legal representation very true that one it would have to say don't start an affair with your neighbor and think you're not going to get caught by a drone (laughs) um don't root a father and son and definitely don't do that (laughs) don't root a mother and a daughter keep your doors locked um do a maybe do a news search on um what's been making headlines in a street you're going to move into and if there's been a lot of crime. Scrimp and save to make sure you can afford to send your kids to Eden Hills Grammar because Erinsborough High is bloody terrible. Or train them for the scholarship test. True. Or or move to a a street slash town that has a better school. (laughs) That's where they're all going. (laughs) That's where they're all going in that taxi. (laughs) They're just like, we've got to go to a better school zone. Bye. Don't buy your groceries at a local cafe. I mean, I do that all the time. <laughs> well, that's, there's a life lesson in there for you. You're paying fancy. too much money. <laughs> I'm reporting. I'm supporting a small business. 
Oh, my God. Uh, but also a, a, a terrible life lesson I've learned from neighbours is that um, apparently you just don't ever have to work. Oh, you can yeah. just choose your own hours. I mean, that's kind of the way it is now. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Look, it's a lesson that we've all learned. Thanks for listening to our bonus Q&A episode. You can email us anytime, neighbourspod at gmail.com or post in the Neighbours Council on Facebook or Twitter at neighbourspod. But super thank you for sending questions because I hear other podcasts doing this and I've been so excited about recording this. So thank you so much. Yeah, I felt like a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get more personal, guys. Come on. Yeah, we can. Yeah. maybe we can do a Patreon-only personal questions episode. Although, but that being said, all of my answers are deeply personal, even yes. when they were like, who's your favourite neighbour's character? I'm like, well, let me tell you a story about my childhood. So- <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.